So, so I, I think sometimes we just, like we're so fear driven and we need to shift to faith driven. We're, we're so afraid of making a mistake and we, we think God's just waiting for us to make a mistake and he's not. I got good news for you tonight. He loves you. Matter of fact, he likes you. Welcome to the Resurgence Messages podcast. We gather and minister regularly for the purpose of reaching people, reviving churches, and releasing leaders. Our prayer is that this message will inspire you to arise for the kingdom of God. For more information on the ministry of Resurgence and how you can take part, check out liveforsurgence.com. My beautiful wife, Nell, wave sweetie pie. Uh, we co-pastor at C3 Church in Edmonton in the Ritchie area. And uh, we're really honored to be here. We have watched uh, from a distance and then participated a bit with some resurgence events. But uh, we love what uh, Travis and uh, now uh, Donovan and the team, uh, just what you guys are doing. And... I, I just love the heart of it. I love what you guys are accomplishing. As Donovan said, um, yeah, I got saved at the U of A uh, in a religious studies program, believe it or not, you know? I know. <laughs> you know, uh, and that's another story. And so, but I was just this, uh, I said, pleasant pagan, uh, godless to the hilt, um, but was curious about, if it was weird and wonderful, I was into it. And so I thought I would go to university and get a degree in parapsychology. You know, just all that weird stuff. Because, um, yeah, I'll yeah, leave it. Okay, stay focused. Um, and, and so uh, I was like functionally, biblically illiterate. Um, but what that, and I, and, I, and I did a good job of offending Christians. That I, I took that as high praise, um, and 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 so so we come in and you know God is there, but I don't know it's God, and uh, and so I I was impacted in philosophy class by this one phrase that if something was true, you should follow it, even if it meant giving up everything you believed up to that point, and that stuck. And, uh, and so then I was, you know, arguing with some Campus Crusade people and, you know, and, and, and then, you know, kind of like uh, I'm walking with God down uh, Rutherford Mall, uh, a walkway and, and I'm having this conversation, you know, that my purpose in life is to leave the world a 10-volume opus on how to live the best life you can, humble guy that I am. And, uh, and, and I should, you know, if something's true, I should follow it. And so then this thought came into my mind, well, shouldn't you be able to tell people logically why you're not religious? And I went, yeah, I should. And so I, I jumped into religious study courses, which provided a forum for me to be able to give my grievances and hear other people back and that sort of thing. And in uh, Christmas 1978... Uh, there was kind of this convergence. I'm studying ancient Greek philosophy. I'm in a philosophy of religion class. I'm studying Western Christian mystics. I'm studying the life of Jesus, and I'm studying Christianity. And, uh, and so the, the, the collateral reading 
Well, they give you that syllabus, and then you're supposed to read these, and then they tell you like this and this and this and this. And I'm and I'm so I had to borrow a Bible out of the library, and and I'm trying to follow along, and I thought this is dumb. And uh, I I looked, and I don't know why, but I just I thought I'll just read the Gospel of Luke. So I went and got a copy coffee, and uh, and I sat down and I read the whole Gospel, in you know all 24 chapters, and it was like getting hit by a Mack truck of truth. It was like, whoa. And I went, oh my goodness, this isn't so far-fetched, but what do I do with this? And uh, through a series of, you know, experiences, so, so I, I, I'm like, I, I don't know who you are, God, <laughs> whoever you are, but you know me. And so I think you can, if you're God, you can talk to me in a way that I can understand. And I want to say the same thing for you. It, you have an internal language that he knows, and he helps shape. And he can speak to you right where you are. And so I said, I made a dream regression. Why don't you give me a dream? Yeah, I've argued with people. They said, well, you just planted a, a seed in your psychosomatic. And I'm like, nah, 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 nah. Because I had this allegorical dream of my life. And I woke up, and I knew the interpretation. And I went, there is a God, and he can talk to me. Wow, okay. So that was very embryonic in, in my whole uh, orientation of, of how I relate to God. And then I'm, I'm, you know, like my big thing was, I don't want to be a Christian because I don't want to be a hypocrite. Well, everybody's a hypocrite because <laughs> no one lives up to the things they believe in a spouse, <laughs> least of all me. But but, so I said, if I'm going to do it, I want to wait until I can say it for sure. And, you know, and so, so God helped me kind of like boil down. I kept asking my friend, like, what's a Christian? And he told me, and I probably asked him five times, like, how do you become one? And he told me, and it just went right over my head. But I was studying for my ancient Greek philosophy, and, and Aristotle takes you through a decision-making process. He says, you choose something that you desire, and then you engage your will and decide on that choice. And then you pick the easiest means to the quickest end. And I thought, huh. I've kind of figured out that Christians are someone who believes there's a God, believes Jesus is God's son, whatever that means, reads the Bible, prays, and argues with people. <laughs> I could do this. I could, I could be a good Christian. And, uh, and so, so I said, so I'm sitting there in uh, South Rutherford, the old Rutherford, and I'm, I'm going... So what's the easiest means to the quickest end? What's the easiest means to the quickest end? Internal voice, audible voice, not sure. Just heard one word, believe. And I remember going, wow. You don't ask me to give my right arm. You don't ask me to give my firstborn, cut my ear off. Just believe. And then thankfully, I, I asked the second question. I said, why is that so hard for me? And he said, because you don't trust very well. <laughs> and I went, yep. <laughs> okay, 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 you know. So, so I decided that I was going to go to two churches on Christmas Eve, 1978. I came out of the United Church background, so I thought I'll go there. But I also was invited one time to a Catholic church. And I thought, I'll go there. Because I know I can hit both of them in the same night. And so I phoned a friend of mine, and she's a Lutheran. And, and again, like, no one knows what's going on in my life. You know, this is, and so I said... I need you to do something for me tonight, and you can't ask any questions. And she said, oh, oh, okay. I said, I need to go to two church services. I want you to come with me. And she's like, 
long pause. I said, and no questions. She said, okay, you know, fine. So, you know, went to the uh, United Church. No offense to any United Church people that may be here, but it was kind of like light beer, you know, again. It was my definition of, I had to find common dynamics. And I went, huh, no, not here. So, so then I went to the Catholic Church and I had no clue what was going on. But I just remembered at the end of the service, he's going to invite people down to take something. And if you took it and came back and prayed, you were in. And I said, I can do this, you know. And I didn't know if you weren't Catholic, you weren't supposed to take communion. I... So, isn't God good, you know. And, and recently, uh, you know, because, I mean, how beautiful is this place? And how magnificent is the sound? And how magnificent was the worship? And, and a lot of times... Uh, over our 40-some year, Nell and I are saying, like, God, what did you do in our life to get us hooked so deeply in you that we are unshakable? Like, we're unshakable. And we've gone through some horrific things. I mean, awful things. Uh, and again, that's another story. But it's like, what did you, like, deconstruct my life, not my faith, my life, so whatever I can learn, I can give that away to people and say, time tested and true, baby. You could build your life on this stuff. Yeah. And, and I said, um, you know, like I, I went to this Catholic church in Leduc. It's old. It's musty. I don't understand anything that's going on. They're doing things. Uh, the choir is poking one another. And, and, I, and I know, like, I'm not, I'm not going to get distracted because I'm... And so I said, Lord... What did you do? Because everything that I value wasn't there. That's what I wanted. But yet, somehow, something happened. And he said, you came to do business with me. And, and that was the thing. And I went, yes, I did. And that's been my posture ever since. It's like, before I got saved, my, my, my friend said, there's a lot of stuff in your life you can't bring with you in, into the kingdom. I'm like, like what? You know? He's like, well, this and this and this and this. I'm like, well, why not? Because <laughs> the book says you can't do that anymore. You, know, you, you just have to count the cost. That was the big thing back in the 70s. Count the cost. Before you buy, count the cost. I'm so glad he did. Because I had to have a time with the Lord where I said, my friends may forsake me. Is it worth it? My family may forsake me. Is it worth it? I may not be wealthy ever. Is it worth it? Like, if what this book says is true, and I hadn't read it all yet, <laughs> if what this book says is true and what my friend is telling me, is it worth giving up everything for? And I took everything that I thought of value at that time and I kind of put it in a pile and I said yeah yeah it is and and so what that did is it cleared the clutter out of my heart there was no competition and when I said yes to Jesus immediately the Holy Spirit came into my life and I just took it for granted that we could all talk to God like just we just have this ongoing conversation and then my friend, who's Pentecostal, started talking to me about speaking in tongues. 
I'm like, what's that? You know? He said, well, it's a language that the Holy Spirit gives you so that you can communicate with him in deeper ways. I'm like, really? Okay. You know, and of course, you know, he was trying to invite me to his church, which was a Pentecostal church, Evangel Pentecostal at that time. And, and I'm like, yeah, okay, and, and I would, I'd mean to, but then I, you know, I'd get, and, 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 and people would phone, and, and I'd get waylaid, and all of those things, and, and finally, I went there. And it was really cool, because they're all talking in tongues, and I thought, they, they're really good at this, you know? <laughs> you practice often, you know? <laughs> I have a clue what you're talking about, but this sounds good. But... But then he said, you just, you just need the baptism in the Holy you know, That was the answer. That was a Pentecostal answer for everything. You know, addiction, you need the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Struggling with lust, you need the baptism in the Holy Ghost. That's just one size fits all. So a couple times, I'd be praying by my bed, and I'd kind of launch out into what I thought was speaking in other tongues. And then this thought would come to me, that's just you. And I go, oh yeah, it's just me. And then the next night I tried again and that same thought would come, oh, it's just you. I just, oh, it's just me. God, I just want it to be you. And finally the Holy Spirit said, whose voice do you think it would be? Like you're not a ventriloquist dummy. <laughs> you're, not, you're not a transistor radio, uh, if you remember those things. <laughs> said, I, I enable you, but you speak. And I went, oh, so if any of you are here and you're still kind of wanting that but unsure about it, I was in that same boat. And I just remember the Lord saying, even if you don't understand it, do you think I give junk gifts? And I said, no. So he said, would you be willing to just ask me for that? And so finally I said, sure, you know, <laughs> let's, let's do this. And so I kind of gave him an ultimatum. We have two weeks. If I don't get baptized in the Holy Spirit in two weeks, that's it. I'm moving on, you know. <laughs> Isn't it great that God's bigger than your personality? Yeah. Aren't you glad that he's not, he's not put off by your flesh? Like sometimes we just get all in a tizzy and we have this weird view uh, in the church. And again, because I... I I met Jesus and I read the book and then I came into church. That's a great progression. Because then it's just like, hmm, a few things here that we're not doing. You know? What's, how do you do these things? You know, that, that sort of. So, so, so I, I think sometimes we just, like we're so fear driven. And we need to shift to faith-driven. We're so afraid of making a mistake, and we think God's just waiting for us to make a mistake, and he's not. I got good news for you tonight. He loves you. Matter of fact, he even likes you. Whoa, you know? And, and so, so I have a certain personality type. So does my wife. We're both very strong. So you can just imagine our conversations. At home, <laughs> and, uh, and, and I love this lady, and uh, the God's just been doing amazing things uh, in us and through us, and I'll get distracted, so I'll keep my eyes focused uh, here. So I just want you, I'm just walking along with you to see that 
when I first got saved, when I, I just, I opened the Bible at Genesis 1-1 and I started reading. I didn't know you weren't supposed to do that. I was supposed to read John or something like that, you know. And, and when I read, I was saying to Donovan, I said, this is a good book. There's all sorts of crazy things in here. There's murder, there's mayhem, there's sex, there's war. There's some weird people in here. These are the chosen people? I'm, I'm going to be okay. These are my peeps. I like these peeps. I like these guys and gals. They were real people. And God still worked through them. Like it, I mean, you just got, every now and then you just go, well, thank God for Peter. When the, when the rich dude leaves. And he turns to Jesus and he says, well, we've left everything. What's in it for us? Don't you love that? Like, come on. They're asking all the questions we'd be a bit chagrined to ask. And yet, Jesus wasn't put off by it. He's like, like what's in your heart? Uh, so, so I started reading the book. And I was having this interaction with the Holy Spirit. And, and trying to speak in other tongues. And what, what the Holy Spirit told me is he said, I'm, I'm out there, but I'm also in here. And this is the place I speak from. So tap your chest and say, hello, Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah. So he comes in and he sets up a broadcast center, right? Yes. Right in here. And then we just interface with him. Yeah. But for me, like... This is what I gave up my life for, and this has been my life study. And, and I'm a word person. And you ought to be, y'all be word people. And prayer people. And, and Holy Spirit people. Because it's that triangulation where we function out from. And so, I, I just learned to sort of be in that, that place and presence so can I encourage you, your, your faith is not just a belief system. Yes, it's a relationship, but it's also a place. 124 times, Paul, who was a master of language, said, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. He didn't just mean vital connection only. He meant you, that is your place out of which you exist. I'm going to say that again, because it was mind-boggling when I realized, like, oh, not only is God here right now, but this is our home and native land. In him, say this with me, in him, him. Well, like before, in him, him. We, live we live and move and, move. and have our being. So he's here, and we are in vital relationship with him here. He is my place out of which I live. Because we're so used to space-time, we're so used to individuality. But there is this vital connection, and every now and then, I, I love worship, because every now and then there's just this boom in the room. And we go... Oh, there you are, Holy Spirit. I knew you were here. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to connect with you. And so thank you for being here. And so there 
there's just been this training that we've gone through over the years. Uh, let me give you, I'll, I'll give you five words uh, and you can write them down. I think I got them all here. All right, so here they are and you can write them down. Uh, promise. Uh, the Old Testament, if you want to summarize the Old Testament in one word, it's promise. And the Bible is one story, two covenants. Can I give you a caution? Don't mash them together. Or you get weird doctrine. You get weird ideas. And sometimes when we're reading through the Old Testament, we start praying for things that God's already done. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. He already has. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoiler alert. So, so, when you go to the Old Testament, read it with New Testament eyes. Okay? And, and, and so, so, it's all about promise. And Peter said, he has given us his very great and precious promises. This is 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. By which... We participate in the divine nature. I was talking with Jim Hall uh, from House of Prayer, and we get very animated as we talk because it's just all this stuff that we're learning and stuff that God's showing us. And, and, and over the years, when people had talked about, here's these five principles from the New Testament, or six principles from John's Gospel, or seven principles from the book of Psalms, I just kind of went, I don't know why I don't like that, but I don't like that. And, and I get, yeah, okay, stop, stop, stop. So, so we're, we're busy talking, and I said to, out of my mouth, I said, it's not about applying the principles, it's about obtaining the promises. And I went, whoa. That's it. That's it. And the reason for that is, the promise always has further boundaries, further horizons. So David could say, the boundary lines that you have given me have fallen on very pleasant places. And when you think David got anointed, this is good for all you young people, and then sent back out to the pasture. <laughs> I know you as king over Israel. You're God's anointed. <laughs> and, and David didn't pull the, who do you think I am? I'm the king. He's like, okay. And this shall be my flock. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and then, as chance would have it, as God would have it, he comes up to bring some food to his brothers. And he's already proven some of his anointing in the field where he was sent. Come on. Come on, support team. Come on, you can, you can bloom where you're planted. Yes. You, can, you can take that and you can, you know. Yes. And so he was able to say, look, I, I know I can do this because I, I killed a bear and I killed a lion and, and if they stole something, I'd come and smack it. You know, smack it, drop it. You know. Which is a great intercessory prayer. <laughs> you just come up to the enemy and just drop it. <laughs> drop them. <laughs> Let them go. And... And, and so then he saw this giant, and, and I love David. David does risk assessment. Any business people here? Yeah. 
you know, it was, a, it was morally right and morally doable, but, but he said, what's going to happen to the guy that kills this giant? Oh, he gets half the, half the kingdom and the king's daughter's hand in marriage. Really? And he asked three or four people just to make sure. That's risk assessment. And he thought, oh, this is so easy. <laughs> I can't wait to do this. <laughs> you know? and kills the giant, gets, gets brought in, head of the army, being blessed, and then suddenly he's running for his life. How many of you say, I want more of you, Jesus? Do whatever you want to do. I hum those songs now. I don't sing those lyrics. I know his pathway. I know his pathway. I'm like, are you stupid or something? Do you realize what you've just... He remembers these things. God, why is this happening to me? Because in January, you sang 40 times, whatever you need to do in my life, Lord. I want to make room for you. Ah! (laughs) I know whereof I speak. But that's the process, right? So, because God's more about what do I need to do in your heart to prepare you for the future that I have for you. So every time you're coming through one of those crushing, grinding, you can say, I hate this, God. I hate what I'm going through. But don't stop. Because I know what you have for me is good. And somehow, some way, you're going to make good cut of this. And so then, David, he, he maintained a posture before God despite all the circumstances. Oh, come on. You can be in control in your circumstance. You can choose to be a thermometer or a thermostat, not a thermometer. You can set the attitude that you want. And so he maintained a good attitude. He did not reach out and take that which was his right to and get revenge on those people who were doing this to him. Listen, please. I mean, this is our day and age where there's so much noise about rights and about uh, yeah, yeah, uh, what, what's, what's due me. What, he didn't do that. He said, I'm going to entrust my life to the hands of God. And, and this is his calling on my life. Please listen to me, people who are called. This is his calling on my life. And so you remember at one point, his kingdom shrunk to the cave of Adullam with 400 people (laughs) who were disgruntled and (laughs) disenfranchised, (laughs) kind of cranky. You know, every time it turned around, they wanted to throw rocks at him. You know, how would you like to pastor that church? (laughs) But then suddenly he brought out and he was king of Hebron. And the southern, and then suddenly he's king over the entire nation of Israel. And even then, even with his faults, God says, I'm going to make an everlasting covenant with you. Oh, he said, Oh, my boundary lines have fallen on very pleasant places. And I just want to encourage you. Some of the promises that God has spoken to you, he has not forgot. And I feel in this new season, there's something about that. And even as we were in worship tonight, feeling there's something about the promises of God. There's something that God's promises that he's made to you 
that you're still holding on to. And, and I find God saying, put me in way of remembrance of those promises. Not that he's forgot, but we need to remember. And he wants to sweeten them to you. So it's like they were the first time. So if you're here tonight and you know that there are promises that you've had that are still not fulfilled, I want you, to, I want you just to stand where you're at, where you're seated, just stand. And the rest of us, I want you just to take a moment with the Lord. Sometimes we forget. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Okay, so don't get stressy and don't get, just, just relax. It's, it's the promise he's put into your life. So it, it's his promise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Just put your hand on your tummy. Lord, thank you for the promises. Say this with me. Lord, thank you for the promises. Once again, I hold them up before you. Say, Lord, fulfill the word. This promise that you put in my life. Um, if you'll just put your hand on the base of your throat too. Uh, sometimes when I feel so... When I'm sort of ministering like this, I'm trying to be wide open to the Holy Spirit. And from time to time, I'll just feel what, and the Lord will alert me, uh, alert us. And so sometimes, uh, Jesus said, don't make rash vows. And so sometimes uh, we say something and people misunderstand us and we go, well, I'll never say that again. That's a rash vow. What it does is it puts a clamp on your voice. And sometimes disappointment can do that. Well, if, if that didn't happen, then why would I believe for anything else? You know, it's so, so I just feel right now, and so put, put your hand on the base of your throat and just say, Lord, if I've spoken anything, if I've made a rash vow that has shut down my throat, hindered me from asking you for great things, here and now I renounce that. I want to use my full voice to ask you for great and awesome things. Amen. So, Lord, we, we believe that this promise is yours, and we just hold it up and say, Lord, you're going to help fulfill this promise. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. So, 
So we talked a bit about presence. So the, the five words are promise, presence, place. You know, that has to do with identity and, uh, and position. And then partnership. So, so it's this whole thing of partnership and partnering with the Holy Spirit uh, all the time. And I know uh, Donovan was saying that you guys have been sort of talking about ministry of the Holy Spirit and, and praying for uh, being infilled with the Holy Spirit and talked about finding your rest in the Holy Spirit and that sort of thing. And he was saying, you know, something about just the day-to-day activation. And uh, so, uh, it, is it Melanie? Yeah, Melanie. So when you were singing up here, and uh, I mean, I love your heart. <laughs> right away, I could just feel it. And I could feel Jesus through her. And so would you come on up here for a moment? And so, so this is just good, good, you know, good for us to know and good for us. So I want you just to sort of just stand here. I'm going to get you to kind of, in a moment, just go back to that moment. Mm. You kind of had that moment where you began to sing out and you caught the, the Lord's heart mm. for people. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and so I was down there. I'm like, prophesy, prophesy. <laughs> so... So uh, we move in space and time, but God is outside of that and in that, okay? Uh, You know, language sometimes. So you can go back to a moment and God is there. Okay, I'm gonna say. So you think, oh, that happened long ago. But you can pause for a moment, go back, not so much relive, but you can sort of, Speak out of that place. Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. And our words also carry spirit and life. And depending on, so you can, you can learn a lot about where a person's at by the words they speak, but not the words they speak, but the spirit that comes out through those words. Have you ever been... Chatting with someone, and you left, and you thought, I am so down. That was the spirit out of which they were speaking. You know, you got a down spirit. No, they're just, they're speaking out of their sadness. Or you can be with somebody, and you go, whew, I feel so alive. That's the spirit. So your words carry spirit. Uh, so I was just wanting you to go kind of that, to that moment, you know, just with the Lord. And then I want you just to... So when I say prophesy, I just mean you're sort of speaking God's heart into that situation that you were picking up through that song, which I love, by the way. It was an amazing song. Uh, Is that okay? Can you? Yeah, so I don't know if you need to grab a mic or that sort of thing. but And even if you want to sing a couple of that, that like one or two refrain or just lines, whatever it might be, but it's kind of like just asking her to go back to that moment because nothing's ever lost. And this is good, good for you guys. Nothing's ever lost in the Lord. You know, absolutely nothing. But just, I know you were picking up his heart for people. And I know you were using the song to sing over it. See, I can feel it now. Right there. Yeah, right there. Yeah. Yeah, just, yeah. 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 I think he just really... He really wants you to know that he, he's right there with you. Come on. You know? Come on. 
Yeah. And I think sometimes when we go through really hard things, I've gone through some really hard things, and you wonder if God has forgotten you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You wonder if he is who he says he is. You wonder if... Mm. Yeah, you just wonder if he's there, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the those words, not for a minute, were you forsaken? It's true, it's really true, and I can say that it's true, you know? Um, and I just, as soon as we went into that song, I just felt so strongly that Jesus really wants you to know that you're not alone in the hard places. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, was there anybody out there when she was singing that, you said, oh, that's me. Mm -hmm. Just hand up, down, hand up, down, up, down, yeah. So, so, and how many of you, when she started singing, could feel something shift? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, again, you, you're, you're, you're tracking. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. You're tracking with the Holy Spirit. It's more than just emotion. Yeah. It's like you're picking up what the Spirit is wanting. And that's how the body functions. We... We, and, and then another song may happen and different sector will pick up on it. Mm -hmm. um, so, so I want you now, so a lot of times we would go, Lord, right? That, that's usually our posture, Lord. But I want you to speak out to, to hearts. It's almost like you're, mm -hmm. you're speaking to the heart condition mm -hmm. and, and you're saying, you're speaking Jesus into that. Does that make sense? You wanna, yeah. yeah. So you so. go ahead. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, in the dark place. Mm -hmm. When you're alone at night. And you're crying. And you're grieving. over beautiful things which feel like they've been lost forever. Mm. Mm. You can rest. Yeah, and you so no, you're, doing, you're doing good. Yeah. You're doing good. So I'm coaching, okay? Yeah, thank so, you. Y'all, I hope you're, you're watching this because you can do this too is all I'm mm. saying. So, so... Uh, what I want you to do is like now, it's now like if Jesus wants to speak to that situation, yeah. what would he say? It's that sort of a... Yeah, yeah. Because there'd be times where I'd be asking God to do what he's given me authority to do. Mm. And finally one time he said, why don't you stand up and speak to your own condition? <laughs> I went, oh yeah, I guess I can do that. And I just want you to... so. Some people might call that a prophetic word. It's just, it's right, like right. I'm declaring into what God's heart is to this situation. Mm. David did this lots in the Psalms, yeah. right. you know, where he'd say, this is, I'm miserable. People are biting after me. They're chewing on me. Nevertheless, Lord, this is what you're going to do. You're going to rise up and you're going, you know, that. Yeah. yeah. It's streams in yeah. dry places. Yeah. It's new things Come being on. birthed out of... Out of, out of death. It's Come life coming out of death. Come right? on. Come on. Come on. 
Come on. It's his rising come things on. up. Come on. The dry bones being brought to life. The come sinews on. being put on come the bones. On, yeah. The breath being breathed <laughs> in. And you're walking again. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So good. Yeah. So good. Thank you for... Did you feel that? So, so what I want to say is it's more than emotion. Yeah. Right? So... Again, Jesus is bigger, the Holy Spirit's bigger than your emotion, but we don't want to get pulled into emotion, but it's okay when we feel emotion, but through that, there's, there's, there's like this, you know, or, you know, power surge, and that's usually some of the indicators that, that the Holy Spirit is kind of working through us uh, in that place. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, so thanks, Melanie. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Uh, sorry, I forget your name. The yeah, yeah. Tysa. 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 Do you want to just stand up for a second? So, the moment you started praying up here, <laughs> I said to my wife, I did a head snap. Um, and and that's usually it's like the because there's something about the word that's really important to you, like. So I went. We begin, you know, <laughs> is that, oh, you know. And so twice during worship, uh, and this is how the Holy Spirit, and again, I, I, just he'll fl- flood my mind with images because he, he speaks through pictures, right? Uh, Habakkuk said, I will go up in the ramparts to see what he will say. Yes. So the Holy Spirit, you know, he could, one picture is worth how many words? Thousand, Thousand words, good, thank you. Uh, so, so, so twice I saw people with their Bibles open. Uh, so if you're a person that is word-oriented, or if you're here tonight, and well, you are here tonight, uh, but, but you say, I need to get back into the word. Or if you're here going, Lord, I, need, I just need fresh eyes to see, to look at the same thing but see it with fresh eyes to go, whoa, I had, I had not seen that before. Uh, would you stand? Anybody, any word people? Yay. Yay. Because here's the thing. Who authored the word? I'll give you the answer. Holy Spirit. Where is the Holy Spirit? Say right here. <laughs> so you have a tutor 24-7. And can I encourage you to ask a lot of why questions? Like, why is this in here? I asked the Lord that, having read Ephesians, I can't, I've lost count. I said, huh, of all the prayers Paul could have written, why did you have him write these ones? Boom. So ask lots of why questions. Why is this here? Why did you put this here? Do you actually mean this? Like, if you just have this ongoing dialogue with the Lord, I mean, there's just no end to it. Jesus said, heaven and earth may pass away. My word will never pass away. Paul said, we are seated now in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, so that in the, say it with me, ages to come, he might ever show us the riches of his kindness and grace poured out for us in Christ. Like just... So I just really felt that you just have... God's giving you a really deep honor.
for his word. And, and I, I will often say to my church, I only have authority to call you to the lordship of Christ and the authority of his word. That's it. The rest is up to you. I'm not going to coerce you, but I can call you to that. And, and so, so I just want to say to you that there's authority coming through you because the, the word will add weight to your life. And, and Jesus, Paul wrote and he said, all scriptures, say that with me. One more time. All so, even the begats. <laughs> Don't skip through. You'll meet some interesting people there. Um, so, so, all scripture is like, how I many you say, I'm tired and I'm worn out and I'm weary? Whew. Holy Spirit will whew, breathe life on his word. It'll, it'll electrify you. But a lot of times, I, so, so many things. So my feelings are facts, but they're not the truth. Do not deify your feelings. They're good passengers, they're lousy drivers. So, it's okay to say, I feel down, I feel this. I mean, David did that. Then he'd say, but. So it's okay to go, I don't know why, Lord, but this is really boring right now. I don't know why, Lord, but I can't fix my attention on your word. Yet this is your eternal word. It's more valuable than silver or gold. And I want to eat it like honey. I want it to be sweeter than honey from the rock. I, I want to knock until the water gushes out to borrow from an Old Testament illusion. Uh, true story, but... So, so, so sometimes I have to, like David said, open my eyes that I'd see wonderful things in your word. And so sometimes I'll do that. So I get reading and my mind is all over the... I mean, we had six kids. And, but I, sorry, Lord. Sorry, my mind's all over the place. Sorry, like just shut up, mind. <laughs> you know? Okay, Jesus, please help me. I, I, I want to read your word. And I want your word to read my life so that I can line up with it. So, so I just feel there's like a double anointing. Sometimes if I see something twice, it's like the testimony of two witnesses, and, and I can establish that. And, and so again, maybe if you put your, your hand on your heart and just say, I want new understanding of your word. Your word is quick and powerful. It helps me separate out soul and spirit. It penetrates to the level of joint and marrow. It lays open the thoughts and intents of my heart. Your word contextualizes our culture. Culture does not define your word. I want your word in my life. 
stretch my capacity for more of your word. Help it stick and stay. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, you can be seated. Uh, one other a little thing. So, and also in worship, two, two things actually. Um, uh, all, all of a sudden, I just feel. So I want to just step back. Uh, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, and he says uh, in chapter 2, verse 9, uh, I'm following. Uh, but as it is written, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has for those he loves. But God has made it known to us by his spirit. The spirit searches out the deep things of God and he makes them known to us. And so we've learned to speak spirit truths by spirit words that have been taught to us by the spirit. So, he, so he, in that there's a little dynamic. It's spirit to spirit revelation. Then it's illumination to my mind. Too often, we're trying to cram this full of information, hoping it brings revelation. It's just the opposite. So, Holy Spirit in Melanie, Melanie, Holy Spirit in me. And so, when I walk into a room, I mean, I, this is like journey, 40 years, okay? And so, I'm, bear with me. I'm doing my best here. You know, I'm just trying to summarize some of these things, but trying to say it in a way that I, I believe it'll be helpful for you to help you orientate. And I'd come to church, and I think, I was happy before I got to church. Now I feel depressed. What's wrong with me? Well, there's nothing wrong with me. The Holy Spirit was giving me a word of knowledge through my emotion, saying other people here are struggling with depression. Right. Come on. And once I realized that, I went, oh, or like sometimes physically, mm -hmm. I'd, be, I'd be fine, come to church and I'm like, oh man, oh, what is that? What is, <laughs> what is that? Somebody has sciatic problems. And so, so sometimes I feel what other people are feeling and that's just a way that I track with the Holy Spirit as I'm praying for them to be able to shift stuff in their life. Uh, so when we're in worship, all of a sudden my head is like, <coughs> and I went, huh, mindsets. Uh, so again, I, don't, I won't make you stand up. <laughs> up, down, up, down, up, down. But, but I'm, so I'm hoping that as I'm saying some of these things, so I get pictures, I get sensations, Quite often when I'm praying for people, it's like an elevator going up and down my body, just kind of stopping at different floors. And I'm able to speak out to whatever that situation and condition is. Sometimes I physically feel it. Uh, sometimes it's a scripture verse. Sometimes it's just knowing. It just, but it comes quicker than my, it's not like my brain trying to figure out like what's going. It's just listening down here to what the spirit is saying. So usually when that happens, um, there's people being troubled in their thought life. And what I mean by that is sometimes uh, you lie awake at night or you, you wake up and you can't get back to sleep. And sometimes there's just, so what God wants to do is kind of tear some of that down 
so that you can see, like Melanie was doing, is just like, he's there with you. You haven't been forsaken. Uh, when Paul was on the road to Damascus to arrest Christians and, and the Lord confronted him and knocked him off and blinded him and then said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And, and the Greek language is like severely. And he's like, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus whom you're persecuting. And he, he can just admit, Paul's like, I'm persecuting Christians. And Jesus is saying, but I feel what they feel. Come on. He, he feels what you feel. One time I'm having a bad day, and it's just going from bad to worse. And so I thought I'd go have a cup of coffee. Everything would be better, and it wasn't. It was worse. It was a bad cup of coffee, too. I come out, the radio's on, and it's bad news. And I literally reached over and said, I can't take this anymore. And the Lord said, I can't turn it off, Rick. 24-7, 365 days of the year, 7 billion people, I feel. And my heart went, then I remembered Paul saying, it's not only been given to us to believe on Christ, but to suffer for him as well. So intercession and prayer is to enter into, to enter into that burden and feel what he feels. And so, so you're, you're not alone. Uh, he's with you, whether you feel it or not. And that's why I would encourage you, if you're going through some of those times, to say... Lord, here's how I feel like you have forsaken me. You have forgotten me. Jesus was allowed for a brief period of time to feel the abandonment of humanity on the cross and cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's the cry of humanity so that he, he could enter into and feel what we feel. So... So, anybody struggling? There's so many things. Yeah, okay. Anybody else? I, you know, I, my mind, it's, it goes and goes and goes, and I can't shut it down. I can't, I can't get it under, like, there's just kind of this. So, so, again, a couple things. You can speak to your mind. You can speak to yourself and say, Stop. Just stop. That's enough. David said, bless the Lord, O my soul. It's like, come on. We're scruff of the neck. Come on. He's worthy of blessing. Bless him. But can I encourage you to speak out loud? Like, you can declare to your body. There's just things you get old and you just go, yeah, I'm getting old. And then suddenly I went, wait a minute. No. Come on. Thumb. Work, you know. <laughs> Come on, digestive tract, smarten up, <laughs> And it does. <laughs> one time, you know, our, our oldest son, Chris, it was just one of those nights where he just was so wound up and would not go to sleep, and I'm just like, dear Jesus, I need some rest. So I thought, oh. So I put my hand on his chest. I said, I release the melatonin. <laughs> and he went to sleep, and I went, yeah, baby. And it never worked again. <laughs> but it worked that one time. You know. so, so he has put authority in you to speak in. So you have authority over your life to evict the enemy. So one time we're out visiting Nell's folks. And again, 
nice people and we're having a great time. And, but I'm downstairs and, and the longer it went, the more depressed I got. And I just thought, what am I, not depression, what is that? Is melancholy, yeah, something like that. You know, what? And then I went, the devil's lying to my emotions. And if I can say it this way, I had to turn around inside and face my emotions and say, melancholy sorrow, you have no business here. Get out. And it was gone. So, you, so he gives us back authority and the power of choice in our life to be able to speak to conditions. At one time, Nell and I have four kids. If, well, we have more now, but yeah, after six, we finally figured out what was going on. So <laughs> we're slow learners. Yeah. Um, but the kids were just at one another. They just kind of, ah, and it was a little bit unnatural, but kids are kids. And finally, was it vexation? Or was it, I'll say vexation. Contentious, contentious. He said, I think there's a spirit of contentiousness in our house over our kids. I said, what should we do? She said, I think we need to pray and kick it out. I said, I'm all for that. You know, it's driving me crazy. So, so we did. We say, contention, we don't care how you got in, get out. And doo, like a, literally a 180 degree turn. And I went, oh, kids come under that too. Because the enemy is everywhere even as the Holy Spirit is everywhere. And so every place can be a battlefront. And, and yet through it all, the Lord trains us. He helps us to understand how we can step into and continue to walk in this kingdom life. So one more, is that all right? And then we'll, call, why don't you guys come on back up here? Worship team, sorry, worship team, worship team. Um, the, the last thing that I felt uh, as we were in worship, and that's why worship is so good, and I, I encourage you to just be open-hearted worshipers, uh, is kind of this ache underneath my heart. And when I feel that, oftentimes there are stony words, if I can say it that way, that get lodged in our heart and that we'll bump up against from time to time. And it pulls us back to a remembrance. And what God always wants to do is set you free from your past so your past doesn't dictate your future and hinder, or dictate your present and hinder your future. Uh, he, he wants you to be able to uh, be wholehearted with no hesitation. And quite often words have been spoken to us and words have power. Uh, you can remember when someone spoke something to you and it hurt you. And what the Lord wants to do is remove those things. They're kind of like a pebble in your shoe. It's just irritation. But it keeps you mindful of that. And the Lord wants to take those out uh, of your heart. So, tonight, uh, there's just such a presence of the Lord here. Uh, like It's like, I feel... Even when I walked in here, I just felt the Lord say, like you read in the Gospels, what do you want? Like, what do you want? Uh, quite often we know what we don't have, but we don't know what we want. Uh, 
I was always cautious of finances. So I've been on a long journey. And finally the Lord said, Rick, I don't have a problem with your kids having stuff. I just don't want stuff to have your kids. And this is all they understand. We used to, back when the Sears catalog came out at Christmas, <laughs> we had too many times where they, they didn't get what they wanted and we'd have this meltdown at Christmas. So finally we said, you cut out all the pictures you want of the things you'd like so we know what you want. And then we'll buy one of them so it'll be still a surprise for you. And we called it the wish book. And, and they'd come up, you know, kids, but can I, get, can I get two? You know, lobbyists start out in the home. Can I get two? Can I? What if we, can we? No. I'd say, no, we can't afford that. No, we can't afford that. No, we can't afford that. Finally, the Lord said, if you keep saying that, you're going to put a spirit of poverty on them. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you may not afford it, but I can afford anything. And, and they're going to view me through you. I said, well, what should I do? He said, change it to a prayer book. I said, okay. So I hauled them all in, said, we're not going to do this anymore. And they're like, no, no, no. I said, no, no, just, I said, God says that while we may not have enough, he's got more than enough. And you can come to him and ask him for anything. So three of the four just went out and changed the cover. My second son, third in the birth order, said, really? I can get anything I want? I said, that's what the Lord said. Hot dog, he said. <laughs> so he went and got a picture of a 52-inch TV and an ATV and all these other things. You got it. You got it. I'm simply saying that the Lord is standing in front of you saying, what do you want? We're going to have a time where we're going to invite you all forward. Because it's the beginning of a new season, not just a new year. And God's been challenging me on that. And we're moving into a new season, like in ministry. But I just feel him standing here saying, what do you want? So when he came to a blind man and said, what do you want? <laughs> it's rather obvious. Yeah, but what do you want? He wants you to speak it out to him. Here's what I want, Lord. Uh, certainly, uh, my wife and I, and I know there's a prayer team here, uh, happy to pray with you, happy to believe with you, uh, happy to see if there's anything that we can help you remove out of the way so that you can encounter God in a deeper and greater way. So let's stand together. Again, if you just put your hand on your heart. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Lord, sometimes through the years, uh, words get spoken, and for some reason, they just seem to stick and sting deeper than other ones. Many of the times we can just slough them off, but there's some that just get stuck there. And then it seems like life validates them. And we acknowledge some of those words that we're still, still challenged with.
feel the Holy Spirit pouring out on each one of you. Just that sweet anointing, that sweet oil. And I just see it pouring down over your heart. Dislodging, 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 displacing. Just so there's no shadow over your heart. There's no room for doubt over your heart. For some of you that struggle with performance, I want to remind you that before Jesus did one act of salvation, the Father spoke to him and said, This is my Son, my beloved, in whom I'm well pleased. And if you will receive it, I hear the Holy Spirit saying that to some of you here tonight. You're my son, my daughter, in you I am well pleased. And just let it go in. You don't have to do anything. Paul wrote and said, you were chosen in Christ before the world was. Before the world was created, he had his eye on you. That takes performance out. Some of you have grown up with words of not right enough, not good enough, not smart enough, not fill in the blank. But because of Jesus, you are enough because he's enough. So, Father, break that off of people's shoulders. Break all the false expectation off of them. Some of them have carried for years. Take it off, Father. Take it off. Take it off. I feel the Holy Spirit wants to release some of you to speak in other tongues tonight happy to pray with you but it doesn't it doesn't need someone to mediate that as I said I by, by my bedside and the reason for that is he wants to allow you a way to to unburden your heart and to find out what it's like to partner with him stony words have to come out now in Jesus name all of them have to come out in the name of Jesus those words don't have any governance role over your heart and life anymore thank you Lord uh, just shift your hand put it on uh, your chest we just command anxiety to go in the name of Jesus go in the name of Jesus. Paul says, put on the breastplate, we use the term righteousness, it could be translated, the breastplate of God's approval. And when he looks at you, he's not disappointed. When he looks at you, he's pleased. You say, but you don't know my life, you don't know my God. <laughs> he doesn't measure us the way that we measure ourselves. And he wants to break some of this stuff off.
so that we don't keep stuck in old patterns. Okay, so I'll finish with this, honestly. <laughs> I'm studying Paul for years, decades, where he says, oh, wretched man that I am things I want to do, I don't do. The things I do, I don't want to do. Who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be unto Jesus Christ. So now I see in my, my, myself two laws at work. My heart loves the law of God, but I see this other law in my flesh. Therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. I'm like, wait a minute. Wait, wait, stop. Stop. What just happened there? What just, I'm missing something read it and read it and pray over it and read it and read it. Is it okay to be blunt here? Is it okay? Just, okay, I'll use a better word. Okay. God, God is very blunt with me. And I know some of you say that wasn't God. Well, yeah. He said, Rick, you have a lot of crap, but you're not a crappy man. Your crap is your responsibility, but it's no longer your identity. I'm going to, I'm going to say that again. It's your response. Your sin is your responsibility. Your crap, you fill in the blank, is your responsibility, but it's not your identity. Christ's righteousness is your new nature, and you need to learn to orient out of that. He has, past tense, delivered you out of the dominion of darkness and past tense delivered you into the kingdom of the son he loves that's where you live now you have left that old country and now you're learning to live the values of the kingdom but that's where you live So some people say, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. No, you're not. You're a person who's become as righteous as Christ is right. This is 2 Corinthians 5. You can read it for yourself. And that just did something. It kind of settled something. Like, oh yeah, I'm not my mistake. I'm not my struggle. I'm not my sin. I want to kill it, but it doesn't define me anymore. And you are not defined by your failures. You are not defined by your mistakes or your sin. If you've said yes to Jesus, his righteousness is filling everything in every way. Oh, somebody take this. Somebody take this. Thank you, Lord. So, we're all gathered here at the beginning of this new season. And for me, and I, I want to invite you forward. And, and again, if we can pray for some of you, that's great. And I know the, the prayer team will too. I just feel there's something that God is shifting, just shifting in you, in us. So that you can see and navigate your way forward. And I feel there's an empowerment tonight 
And that might be coming into an understanding, a deeper understanding of your identity in Christ, His Word. Okay, so. Father, all across this room. All across this room. I'm just taking time to allow the Holy Spirit just to settle on you. Would you just kindly come out from where you're seated and just kind of gather along the front here and all we're doing is we're simply consecrating ourselves afresh to God and his purposes yep yep come on yep y'all come y'all come and you can just stretch out across over here and across over there Old Testament imagery they would present themselves three times a year Just squeeze in, spread out, squeeze in, spread out, squeeze in, spread out. Thank you, Lord. you want to say it you you communicate but basically we're just saying here we are Lord at the beginning of a new season and I'm placing my life into your hands for your use I'm I'm placing myself at your disposal Yes, I have my place of school, or I have my place of work, I have my kids, my family, my marriage. But here and now, I just take this moment to say in a fresh new way, Lord, work in me that which is necessary so that I can reach into the future you have for me. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, tonight we just move across this gathering and ask you to anoint each and every heart with the oil of joy because it's the joy of the Lord that breaks every yoke. It's the joy of the Lord that makes everything light and bright. We ask that you'll take weights off of people and they will simply take upon themselves your yoke because you said, Jesus, your yoke is easy and your burden is light. And we say thank you in your precious name. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. We hope that you were blessed. For more information about Resurgence, including how you can take part of this great movement, visit www dot live resurgence dot com.